welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 4th of February 2018, entitled, Let Us Draw Near. And the Bible reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 to 22. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. We're really going to focus in on just a couple of verses, but to get the context of that, I want to begin in verse 1 so that we understand the setting for what we want to think of, and that is... Our thought for this evening is, let us draw near. Let us draw near to God. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, the Word of God says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Well, then would they not have ceased to be offered? because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, set down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. For of the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said, Therefore, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law into their hearts, And in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now therefore, or now where remission of those is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Father, we thank you today, Lord, that we can have the promises that are ours, even in this passage that we've just read. And we pray in these next moments that you would help us, Lord, to be able to pick a few nuggets from this passage Lord, that would go with us, that would help us, that would encourage, that would speak to hearts as only you can. 
we will give you the praise and honor for it. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. We find that as we read through this passage of Scripture that we are reminded that, of course, those sacrifices of old in the Old Testament, that when the priest would come and, of course, those sacrifices would be made, and, of course, then it was only one that could go into the holiest of holies after those sacrifices, but they were reminded year after year after year because the blood of bulls and goats would never take away sins. Everything that was there was pointing them and showing them their sins and showing that these, these sacrifices were only temporary because God himself. And, of course, the passage switched to talking about Jesus when he came. He came to die once for all sins. But this man, in verse 12, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. And, of course, that's why that when we come to the passage I want us to to just look at for a, for a few moments, he tells us here in verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Before, only the priest could enter into the holiest, and he had to go in with a sacrifice, and of course they had a rope tied around his ankle on his foot so that if something happened to him in there, they could drag him out because nobody else could go in there. They couldn't even go in to get him, but because of Jesus. They came and died once for all, for all sins. He says, therefore, we have boldness to be able to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We are able to go into the very presence of God ourselves. He says, by a new and living way, not by the old dead sacrifices of the, of the goats and the lambs and the bulls that were brought to sacrifice, but by a new and living way, our Savior lives. Yes, he died. But he rose again, praise God, on the third day. And this is a new and a living way that we have, which he, Jesus, hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Jesus came, and in his flesh he became the ultimate sacrifice for each and every one of us. And having an high priest over the house of God, who is that high priest? Jesus Christ himself, praise God. Let us draw near, if. If we can come, if we have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, if we are part of this new and living way that we are being told about here, then we find that he says that because of that, we ought to be able to draw near to God. This was a thing that was not possible in the Old Testament. But you and I today, we can draw. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What does it mean to draw near and to be near to someone? I believe that this passage shows us some very important steps because too many times, even as believers, we know all about Jesus. We know all about the Bible. We know all of these things. But in our day-to-day -day life, too many times we're, we're going it alone. Sometimes we become almost uh, too good at being Christians. We become too good at having church. We've got it all figured out, so we don't need God anymore. But the fact is, what we're being told here is, look, there was a time. There was a time when they had to bring these sacrifices over and over and over again every year to be reminded of what was, was their sins in their lives. But he came to die for all sins one time. And it's because of him 
that by the blood of Jesus Christ, we can enter into the holy of holies by a new and a living way. He's the one that is our high priest now. Let us draw near. You see, the first thing, do you really want to be close to God? I remember, and I don't know if you've heard me tell this before. I, I, was, just a, I was just a young preacher. As a matter of fact, I was still training. I'm still training, and I don't think I'll ever finish training. But, but I was still training for, for the ministry, and, 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 and I was working full time. And, and at the time, I was in the car business, and, uh, and, and, and I worked right at the foot of the, of, of the Smoky Mountains. I mean, literally, you know, a half hour up the road, you could be to the ski slopes. And I was like right at the bottom of the mountain where I worked. And, and there used to be this old country preacher. And he used to stop by there every Monday. We just got to the first time he came in, he'd just come in to, to look at some cars or trucks or something down there. And I had met him down there. We got to talking. We both found out that we were believers, found out that he was a, a country preacher at a country church up in the mountains and that I was a young man just training for the ministry. And so it just became a kind of a, kind of a natural thing that he would stop by. Now, he really was. And, 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 and I want to point this out here in just a minute. He was about as simple a man as you could ever find. He didn't have a lot of education. You could tell that we're talking with him. But boy, did he have a heart for God. He had such a heart for God. And I can still remember one of the most profound things that he, that he said to me, and it, I never, ever lost it from, uh, from just his, his simple vernacular. And, uh, and he was a country guy. And, and, of course, uh, he, he, was, he was a black guy, and he had that, that, uh, that old country black twang that, uh, that you get there in the south. I mean, some of you have heard my family uh, talk in that, in that southern twang that they have. And, and it was just the way that he talked when he, when he, when he stopped down there this morning. He said, you know, he said, was, I was asking him how his services had gone uh, yesterday on the Lord's Day and all of this. And he said, you know, he said, I told him, folks. He said, they talks about always wanting to get closer to the Lord and closer to the Lord and closer to the Lord. He says, huh. He said, you don't bit more want to get closer to the Lord than the man on the moon. Because you're afraid. If you get too close, he's liable to reach over and whisper something in your ear that you don't want to hear. And, 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 you know, I thought, wow. You know, I mean, it's just, but that's true. So many times in our Christian life, we get comfortable where we are. And, and the truth is, is that we don't really want to draw near to God. I'm saying this evening, do you really want to be as close as you can get to the Lord? Well, the first thing, it takes some action. It takes taking some initiative. Let us draw near. That's something that is taken on, on our part. James put it this way in James chapter 4, verse 8. He said, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. You see, God's never gone anywhere. God is always there for us. But he's saying here, let us draw near. Do you really want to walk that close to the Lord? Do we know exactly what step he wants you to take and, and what he wants you to do? Do you hunger and thirst in your soul for just, just wanting to be near to him? Here's what the psalmist said in Psalm 42. He said, we just sang about this a while ago, by the way. I, when, when he chose that song, I said, yes, that goes along with that text. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? You see, he had this, this hunger, this, this thirst within that he, he just really wanted to be near to God. Uh, it was a desire of his heart. 
There's a song that I can remember from when I was young that said, when I could not go to where he is, he came to me. When I couldn't go to where he was, he came to me. Verse 22 here says, let us draw near with a true heart, a full assurance of faith. Let us draw near. It's interesting. I'm not going to give you a, 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 an English lesson or a, or a Greek lesson or anything like that this evening, but you know, we can learn a lot by the text here. And This is given in the middle voice, which is somewhat like what we mean when we talk about a reflexive uh, a subject that we're dealing with, and, and it's where the, the, the subject actually participates in the results of the action, What the one that you're saying it to actually participate in what's going on and what you are doing, and this is the way that it is with God. He did it for himself. It's also a, a subjunctive mood. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. The verb here, though, is in, a, is in a continuous present tense. It means that this invitation is still good for you today, in other words. The sense that it's in, it wasn't just for then. It's a continuous mood that's there always. Whosoever will, take this. Whosoever will, that wants to draw not, not to God, take the action. Take the initiative. Let us draw near. It wasn't just for the Hebrews that this was being written to. This is in the New Testament, and it's written to be a continual action that you can take part in. You see, the information of theirs is, is for faith to take to take hold of, but not be forced on one. Uh, that's the thing that we, we can't forget that, that God is sovereign, but at the same time, God wants us to be volunteers sometimes. God wants us to be willing sometimes. He wants us to have a, a willing heart. We've talked about that many times as we look at doing things for God. And, and what I'm saying to you this evening is, do you really want to be near to God? You feel like the psalmist sometimes, you, you, you know that he's there, but Lord, why can't I just get closer to you? Why can't I feel and, and, and know your presence? You see, first of all, it takes truly some action on your part taking the initiative. But second, it takes the right attitude. See, that comes from the heart. All action with God always begins inside, not outside. A lot of people can have this, this, this action, but let us draw near with a true heart. With a true heart. There's only one way that we can draw near to God. That's in absolute sincerity. There's a good example of, of, of not having a true heart found in John chapter 12, uh, verses 5 to 6. Um, somebody's asking a question. Who remembers who was asking this question? Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Judas, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had a bag and, and, and bear what was put therein. You know, he, on the outside, he's making it look like that he cares about those poor people. Why couldn't this have been sold? Why waste it like this? Why couldn't it have been sold for 300 pence and we could have used it to feed the poor? He didn't want it for the poor. He wanted it for his own good to where he could steal it. If we're going to draw near to God, he knows our heart. And he says that we need to draw near, but we need to draw near with a true heart. Christianity, everything about it, true Christianity, is of the heart. It's never aimed at the head. <laughs> The most illiterate person you know, just like that, that country preacher that I've never, ever forgotten in all these years, they'll be accepted by faith in Jesus Christ. God can use a sincere man with a sincere heart that maybe has a God's call upon his life. 
He can use that man to reach more souls than the most learned man in the world and the greatest institutions of learning that this world presents. I'm not proclaiming that we need ignorance, folks. I'm just proclaiming that all that we have in the mind is useless without the heart. He says here, let us draw near. Yes, we need to take this initiative. Do we really want to draw near to God? If we're going to, then it's going to be a sincere and a genuine heart from within. I was reminded when I read this, I was reminded of a, a story that a dear preacher friend of mine that's gone to be with the Lord now, uh, Dr. Earl White, who used to pastor a church for many, many years down in Louisiana, down in the hot country in the, in, in the south of, of the U.S. And, of course, they used to have a Bible institute and seminary there that, that, that he taught in, and, and he gave a lot of tests. You know, some, some people do that. That's one thing they they accuse me of the little Bible college over here because every day we always start with a test to see if they remember anything from the day before before we move on from today. And Dr. White used to do that, and, and he had a young man that was there in his class one day, but he had very little education. But God had called him, and he was trying to prepare, but he didn't read very well. And so he was struggling to be able to, to try to make it through these, these written tests that he was always giving. And he, he came to Dr. White, and he talked to him about it, and and Dr. White said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, uh, he said, we'll set up a certain time. I don't remember now if it was before class or after class. And he said, I'll give you your test orally. Uh, and, then, and then you can just you can answer orally. And we'll do it that way instead of you having to read and write, which is struggling. Because, again, his desire was to help this young man to learn the Word of God, to be able to be used of God in whatever capacity that God wanted to use him. And so... You know, that's what he began to do, and it reminded me because uh, as we did that, and, and by the way, he said the interesting thing was that with, that with that young man, that he used to go home and he'd have his wife read to him all the time, and his wife would read the things to him, and then, and then he would come in, and he would, he would take his test orally, and he would answer orally, and he said he had the top grade in the class, even though it was harder for him, and he was having to struggle with a lot of things, he had higher grades than anybody else in the class because of his heart attitude. He wanted to be there. He wanted to learn. He wanted to be able to, 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 to serve God. I'm saying to you folks that we can be near to God. We can be as near to God as we want to, but it's going to take some initiative on your part. It's going to take that action that you let us draw near with a true heart, with the right heart attitude. God knows if you're sincere or genuine, if you're just trying to impress somebody else or if you're just trying to ease your conscience for something or you're just trying to do what you're supposed to, we do a lot of things because we're supposed to, and that's not always bad. But God wants to see a true heart. Let us draw near with a true heart. It takes some action. It takes the right attitude, but it takes some assurance. Let us draw nigh with a true heart in full assurance of faith is what the verse says. You see, Faith accepts what God says, even when it's not what we want to hear. Faith accepts what God says, even if it doesn't make sense to us. Faith accepts what God says, even if it contradicts our own reason because we try to reason things out for ourselves. Well, Proverbs 3, 5 says this, says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. God's had to get a hold of me a few times and shake me pretty hard because 
you know, he's trying to tell you something. He's trying to get you to do something a certain way and whatnot. And you've got it all figured out that it's got to be this way or it's got to be that way. And it's not our own understanding. I made this statement, I think it was last week, week before. Last week, I think. I think it was last, last Sunday evening that we're talking. That You know, that, that any knowledge without God is incomplete knowledge. We're not saying that man's knowledge is useless. But if man's knowledge doesn't include God's knowledge, it's incomplete. And incomplete knowledge can get you in more trouble sometimes than no knowledge because you think you know the answer. You think you've got it figured out. But God's knowledge is always right. Let's draw near to God. Let's have that, that action. Let us draw near with a true heart, with a sincere and a genuine heart in full assurance of faith. Do we believe that God is there? Do we believe that God will be there for us? Do we believe that God has got this under control? You know, we talk about, we, we believe in God's grace, we believe in God's sovereignty, we believe in all these things, but we sure don't act like it and live like it sometimes. He's got it in control. But do you believe that? Do you trust Him? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 to 24, the Word of God says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world, by wisdom, knew not God. <laughs> all that man tried to figure out, all of man's understanding, uh, after that in the wisdom of God, the world, by wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It is. And even to the world today, there are many, many people in the world. I'm not a young man anymore, but there's a lot of them believe that I have wasted my entire life because I get up here and I try to proclaim the truths of God's Word, and they don't believe any of it is really true anyway. You know what? God is chosen by the foolishness of preaching. He said to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. We preach Christ crucified. It is foolishness to them, but it's the power of God and the salvation for us which believe. Thank God. You see, today... Do you want to be near to God tonight when you go home, when you lay your head on that pillow, when you get up tomorrow to, to go to work? Do you want to go it alone? You can. But I'm saying this evening, because, because that Jesus Christ has died for your sins, because he died for your sins, and through the blood of Jesus Christ, you can enter into the Holy of Holies. He is your great high priest. You can be near to God. Somebody else doesn't have to go there for you. You can go. Therefore, he says, let us draw near because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We can draw near. We can have that boldness with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Only with a true heart in full assurance of faith can we see the next thing accomplished? You see, most of you will understand. There's a point in boys' and girls' lives when, honestly, you know, boys think that girls are just the worst thing on God's green planet. They can't figure out why God even put them here. You know, what good are they? 
And girls think pretty much the same about those guys. You know, how can they be so dumb, you know, and, and all this. But yet there, there comes this point as they get a little bit bigger, and suddenly, suddenly, that boy starts putting on sharper clothes. He starts taking more showers than he's ever taken in his life. He starts cleaning himself up. He starts putting that smelly stuff on. He can't hide as much anymore because you can, you can smell him coming. And don't worry, the girls are doing the same thing as well. <laughs> Why? Because they want to get near to that girl, or they want to get near to that boy. And so, therefore, they themselves are doing what they can to be able to draw near. You see, we have to recognize and realize God wants to be near to you. I can promise you that with everything that's in me. God wants to be near to you. But do you want to be near to God? He says, let us, let us draw near. Let's take that initiative. Let us draw near with a true heart. Do you really, really desire to be close to God in your life in full assurance of faith? Do you really believe Him? Do you really trust Him? He says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. You see, there's the application here of two things. First, the blood. That's the only thing that will give you a clean heart. The blood of Jesus Christ. He just got through telling us, you know, the, the bloods of those bulls and goats, they could never take away sin. But Jesus did one sacrifice once for all, for all sins, and that part was dealt with. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. As we read, Then he goes on and says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded in verse 12 of chapter 4 of Hebrews, he says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. <laughs> you see, God's word will search your heart. He'll search your heart even when sometimes you really don't want to know what's in there. You really don't want God to bring it up. He searches your motives. He knows why you're doing what you're doing. He knows why you're here at church tonight. He knows why that you do everything that you do. He knows the motive of the heart. He's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, he says if we, are, if we will literally, if we will go to him, if we will ask of him, matter of fact, I guess one of the, the simplest passages in, in, in the Scripture, we find that uh, in, in, in 1 John chapter 1 and, and, and verse 9, he says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, the first thing you've got to do is own up yourself <laughs> We're too busy too many times trying to sweep it under the carpet or pretend that it's, that it's not there. God wants to deal with your sin problem. Everything he's done, his whole preparation of sending Jesus Christ into this world was to deal with your sin problem because your sin problem separates you from him, but he wants you near to him. How can we draw near? Only because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. 
But that's all that we need. We don't need any more sacrifices. We don't need another priest to go in our place. It's Jesus Christ, his sacrifice. He's the one that's there. You see, it's only the blood that can ensure that you have a clean heart. And it's only the book that can ensure that you have a clean body. <laughs> this is the only thing that will clean you spiritually, you see. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. There is no water on the face of this earth that will wash you clean before God. Ephesians 5.26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. The Word of God. That's why that we unashamedly, hey, man, we're a bunch of imperfect people around here. And we get a whole bunch of stuff wrong a lot of times, day by day and week by week. But we put our emphasis upon this book right here, the Word of God. Because, folks, if there's anything that's going to help us be closer to God, if there's anything that's going to cleanse us in this world, that's going to change our lives, that's going to, to make us different from the world that we're living in out there, and I promise you, you go out there, you can't go out there, hey, I can't even go out in my back garden without getting mud all over me. I've tried. We've been back since the last week in October. And when I got back here, the last week of October... My grass was just to that point that it needed one more cut to get us through the winter. I've been waiting for three dry days in a row just to get dry enough to give it that final cut. But I can't. It's soggy. You go out there and you walk and you just stick because it never dries out. You know what? You can't walk through the mud without getting it on you. We walk through the mud of this world every day. It's a dirty world. And the truth is, if we're not careful... It'll begin to just build up on us and build up on us. You want to draw near to God? Take the initiative. Draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart. Do you genuinely, sincerely? God knows your heart. <laughs> you see, most of the time, we see all the problems, we see all the difficulties, we see all the things that are wrong. More times than anything else, it's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. God knows our heart. God knows what we really want. Let's draw near to him. Let's draw near with a, with, a, with, with a true heart, the right attitude, in full assurance of faith, believing him, trusting his word, believing that God will do what he says to do. The blood will clean our hearts. The book will clean our lives. There needs to be sanctification of the outward man along with that of the inward man. We want to draw near to God. So many times, have you ever faced anybody that you've maybe tried to share the gospel with? And they maybe had a sincere desire. You know, they knew that, well, they knew they didn't want to go to hell that we talked about this morning. They knew that for sure. And they maybe thought, well, yeah, there's a God there, and, and, and all this is really good, but, you know, I'm not ready for that in my life. And so many times it's because I need to change this and I need to change that. I need to be able to get this under control. I need to be able to get that under control. We sing that old hymn so many times, just as I am without one plea. He wants you just like you are. You can never, ever, ever get good enough for God. You can never get yourself clean enough. But God supplied everything we need. God wants 
to be near to you. He wants to be near to you than you've ever been in your life. What about you? Will you take the initiative to draw near to him with a true heart, with the real assurance of faith? Will you take the blood and the book, the only things that can cleanse you inside and out, make you able to be into his presence? The blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So this evening, my encouragement, you may feel like the psalmist sometimes. You may feel like that you're alone out there. But God wants you to draw near to him. He's always there waiting for you. Maybe we just need to get our hearts right. Maybe we need to start trusting him, having a full assurance of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do we believe God regardless of what the circumstances are showing us, regardless of what people are saying? Do we trust and believe him? I believe that we can all be near to him this evening. Father, thank you so much, Lord, that uh, we can have that confidence of knowing that we can draw near to you. Father, this, this whole passage that we read, the chapter leading up to these verses, Lord, is a reminder to us, Lord, that we have a new and a living way. We have Jesus Christ. We don't have to come by the blood of bulls and goats. We don't have to have some other intermediary down here. Lord, Jesus Christ is all we need. And I pray this evening, Lord, I pray that if we don't have that desire to be near to you, that, Lord, that you give it to us. Help us. Help us to hunger. Help us to thirst after it. To be as near to you as we possibly can to hear every whisper that you've got for our ear, to know, Lord, that you're right there with us when all the circumstances and all the things around us, Lord, help us, help us to know that with you, you're always in control. We can never be in the wrong place when we're with you and drawn near to you. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. <music> 